You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to the episode of Locked On Buckeyes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Tuesday, October 27th, the year 2020. There is a statement that I have made here on the podcast before that is still true today, especially after the Buckeyes come off a strong, huge win over the Cornhuskers to start the season. It's a great day to be a Buckeye. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Also, follow the podcast on Twitter as well at LockedOnBuckeye. Today in segments two and three, we're going to have Miss Stephanie Odie, Buckeye, a Buckeye reporter, coming on, helping us kind of recap game number one and get ready for game number two. But first, we begin today's show talking about new faces in new places. Any given year, you're going to have new faces in new places week number one. May it be guys that are already on the roster that are going from a backup position to a starting role. May it be guys that were starters, the Pete Werner, what are changed, that are but are playing a different position, or whatever aspect that they fall into. You're going to have new faces in new places. In a lot of schools around the country, when you hear about guys still being with the program with their altering positions. It's a cause to concern. A lot of schools around the country, when you hear about guys that were at once a backup role that are now thrust into the starting role due to graduations or players getting drafted in the NFL draft, it may bring cause to concern. I'm not as uneasy as co- with covering the team as I may be if I was a if I was covering the Scarlet Knights or if I'm covering uh, the Michigan State Spartans or if I'm covering the Maryland Terrapins, if I was one, I'm just uh, three schools out there. There's more out there. Those are just first three that pop into my head. If I was covering one of those schools and I and I had new faces in new places, maybe a, 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 a Pete Werner situation where he's switching positions or a, a uh, or a um, uh, who else is it? A, uh, a master team position where he's going from a backup role to a starting role. Whoever it is, if I was going that route, I may be a little bit more cautious than expected, but it's the Buckeyes. And as, I, as I've as i talked to people recently, the Buckeyes player development is elite. It's Recruiting is elite, but their player development is elite. You already know, your backup running back the very next year has a shot to be a starter. You already know, your receivers, they're going to be highly high caliber they're going to be elite receivers every single play you already know your old line's going to be elite it seems like my goodness the old line of ohio state year in year out is producing nfl talent at all the time so you expect it but going into game one different offseason program as normal a lot more uh zoom stuff and a lot more less hands-on as far as coach and player or hands-on together it's very, very different. And when things are different, they make you want to be a little bit more cautious. They want to make you step back a little bit and not analyze things the way that you normally would or not look at things the way that you normally would, but you can't live life that way. Yeah, you may alter a little bit, 
but still be the analyst and be the fan that you have always been. The Buckeyes on defense, and I was talking to my buddy Jeff Hunt uh, shortly before uh, putting this together tonight on this Tuesday evening, putting this together around 11.28 Eastern Standard Time. One thing the Buckeyes need to work on is their contain and the ability to and their ability to tackle. I know Ryan Day worked on it in the offseason. I know Ryan Day said tackling is something that needs to be worked on. But I had a memory, and I had a flashback to that long run that Trevor Lawrence had in the Fiesta Bowl. I had flashbacks to those Travis Etienne runs where he is breaking tackles in the open field and just running through the line like it's a gauntlet, but nobody else on the Buckeyes defense wants to tackle the man. I had flashbacks to that against Nebraska. Now, Nebraska is not talented like Ohio State. Nebraska does not have the recruit, excuse me, Nebraska or Ohio State. Nebraska isn't, isn't talented like a Clemson. They don't have the recruits of a Clemson. However, what they do have is, it's players that want to play and make a name for themselves. There's a guy by the name of Luke McCaffrey. Uh, Gus Johnson, Joe Klatt talked about it. They talked about how Ed McCaffrey, former wide receiver in the NFL, many of you may remember that name from his days with the Denver Broncos when they won the Super Bowl uh, with John Elway, Terrell Davidson, all those boys there, Shannon Sharp, all those boys there in Denver in the Mile High City. Yeah, you will remember Ed, but they say, hey, mom was the real athlete. Mom was the one that get everything in front of everything. Mom or dad, it don't matter. The McCaffrey boys are special. Very, very special. And I know throughout the game, I forget who it was, but old boy McCaffrey lowered that shoulder as a quarterback. He said, hey, uh, I know I got a McCaffrey. No, I'm listening as a quarterback, but my brother, my dad, they got was open in the open field. And my brother would lower that shoulder down, so I got to bring the boom as well. One cause for concern for me with this Buckeye team, and I'm going to read off some names here. You all know about it, but on the defensive side of the ball, there are nine guys in different positions. They may have been on the same, and they may have been on the team last year, but they're in different positions. The only guys on the defense that are same that are playing the same position they played last year in a starting role: Zach Harrison, a defensive end; Tough Borland at, at middle linebacker. Nine guys. New faces, new places. That's part of the reason, I believe, that the defense looked the way that it did early on in the game. A lot of missed tackles, very, very, very poor angles, very, very, very bad at just trying to keep contain when trying to keep the running back or the quarterback inside, keep them confined so you can keep them contained from getting outside to the outside of the defense. And, well, you know what happens? Wants to get outside, anything is possible. That's where those bad angles are really exposed. Exposed On the offensive side, not as many, but there are some. You have Master Teague that started last week. Trey Sermon is new. Chris Olave is starting at the Z last year at the Z receiver. Last year it was Austin Mack. Uh, Jameson Williams starting at the X receiver last year with Benjamin Victor. Garrett Wilson playing at the slot. That's the KJ Hill role, which I believe he will... Be, he will excel that, and he will love that. Harriet Miller moving from the backup center position to the starting left guard position. You also have Nicholas Petit-Frere, who is the right tackle, taking over for, for Brandon Bowen from last season. He's just comparing week one depth chart from last year, week one depth chart from this year. Cause for concern a little bit. Defense has, a, has to make it up, but I do like the player development. But you have new faces in new places. You'll get a lot of what happened in week one against Nebraska, where keeping contained was a problem. 
Missing tackles was a problem. And very, 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 very poor angles were put on Front Street during that game. Take a quick timeout. Got a word from Rock Auto and Coors Light. When we come back, we'll hear from Miss Stephanie Odie as she helps us kind of recap and also get ready for the big game on Halloween against the Nittany Lions. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto, auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time, work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Well, there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. Watching football is therapeutic to fans. It is uninterrupted me time and an excuse to chill and drink beer. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And joining us now here on Locked One Buckeyes, it's Tuesday. We are going to get a little bit deeper, start talking a little bit more about the Buckeyes win, looking ahead to Penn State. We have Miss Stephanie Odie, Buckeye reporter, here joining us today. Stephanie, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, good no problem. On. No problem at all. Buckeyes come off a big win against Nebraska. The Big Ten starts their season. What were some of your thoughts as far as Buckeyes getting the season underway and then the Big Ten as a whole starting their season? Well, it was in the off season, it was an emotional roller coaster. Then Ohio State became buddies with Nebraska because they were really fighting for the season. And then when they released the schedule, very ironic that we have Nebraska as our first matchup. But uh, the field in Columbus and the stadium, the vibe, it was so different. I mean, I can't talk about the game without mentioning that because I grew up in Columbus. It's always a crazy atmosphere. And I'm usually on the field re reporting about the vibes there. It was like a ghost town. There was no traffic, even that, you know, usually there's a lot of tailgating that looked different. Uh, the players did acknowledge that it was going to be different, but they practiced in the stadium prior to that to get ready for it. And with the pandemic, you know, we expect some players to be out. And with the protocols, it's 21 days at three games. So coach has put an emphasis on depth and playing at a rotation. 
So some, you know, backup positions or even who gets the first start. I was surprised by some guys that, that went in over others, but I even thought about it and thought maybe, uh, you know, coach is putting them in now so that we can give them the experience in the event that we need them down the road. So, you know, we weren't, we didn't know the depth chart going into it, but it was very interesting. That was the biggest uh, surprise that I had in seeing how they set it up. What players um, did you see that got in before others that may have surprised you the most? Well, I thought Josh Proctor would be the main safety. And mm -hmm. um, that was that was pretty much what we expected. But Marcus Hooker uh, got got this position there. But I mean, again, they both got time in there. And uh, Jack Miller as the backup quarterback, we all expected it to be CJ. And Justin Fields even stayed in there a little longer than a lot of us anticipated. Maybe it's, you know, to make a, a Heisman run. Trevor Lawrence has played way more games than him by this point. Uh, so that was interesting. And the defensive line, you know, defensive end was a position we felt we lost Chase Young. We lost our all-star. We're used to having an all-star in Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Chase Young. But we we thought we had, um, you know, Larry Johnson even said he thought all five guys could be starters somewhere else. I saw a little bit of issues on edge, but tackle, we, I mean, the biggest surprise was seeing Haskell Garrett in. Mm -hmm. We did not expect to see him in there. And man, did he make an impact. So I was really happy to see that. And um, yeah, there was a lot of, you know, surprises, but seeing him not on the status report was a, whoa, this will be interesting. Uh, we saw that Friday and then seeing him make an impact Saturday was, was pretty exciting. It was, it was one player on the same kind of, uh, uh, thought about who someone that played first that wasn't expected. I, I was one that believed Trey Sermon would get the nod at running back over master Teague. Um, mm. and then I look back at the game and I'm thinking maybe, out of Ryan Day's mind, maybe he did it on purpose. Ryan Master Teague knows the offense better, um, has been, been under the offense, and he knows the scheme, knows Justin mm -hmm. Fields. So maybe it was just a more familiarity thing where he wanted to just get the person that's most comfortable with the offense the first start of the season uh, with Master Teague there over Trey Sermon. But uh, do you think that's something that we could see throughout the season where Master Teague is the starter and gets most of the care, more of the carries, or do you think that it'll eventually be Trey Sermon? Oof, that yeah, that was another one. Zach Harrison was another one that I yeah. thought would be in there first. But uh, talking about running back, I did get a strong sense that was going to be a committee. There was injury issues yeah. in the offseason. Trey Sermon had surgery last November. That was about a year ago from now. But I, I think maybe to your point, yeah, that, you know, Ryan Day saw that uh, Master Teague knew the, the offense better. He had been there longer and he stayed here to rehab uh, in Columbus during the whole summer. I spoke to his dad and, and that was a big reason why his dad wanted to, to fight for the season. So maybe that could be it. He was dialed in from the start. I mean, he was here on lockdown by himself, uh, just studying the playbook, but Trey Sermon did have chemistry with Justin Fields before he got into college. They, they had trained together in the past and uh, coach Tony Alford had, had recruited him strongly and they still had rapport. So it was very, when he, and you know, the running backs told us about this, that when Trey Sermon got to Columbus, it, it was kind of right where him and Tony left off. Uh, Master Teague commented on the competition in the running back room. It really helps push them further. He, he always knew he was going to be behind J.K. Dobbins, but this kind of made the competition, you know, stiffer. I, I could be the guy, but uh, my biggest question mark was, um, I mean, they were saying he, he had his recovery from the Achilles, but it was a little alarming to me. I mean, he, he played well, but it was that an Achilles injury is just so serious. And for him to be on the field within six months was very surprising to me. He was a little stiff and I think, I think it'll adjust in a little bit of time, but I, to say who's going to be the starter, 
I think in any other year, aside from a pandemic year, maybe you would choose your guy, but I, I think it could be even throughout the season. You know, you could see one guy one game and the next another. So I think with this year, you just, you're moving them around as much as you can. Gotcha. You mentioned the pandemic and I know the, you, some things you did on Twitter, posting uh, videos, and I think maybe a YouTube clip as well from the Buckeye practice, one of the practices that was in the horseshoe. How do you mm-hmm. think that prepared the players for game number one with an abnormal environment, normally 100,000 strong, this time 1,600 total? And I believe that was players, their family, the media. I mean, everybody, 1,600 total inside the horseshoe. Um, totally different environment from the viewership. Watching it on TV, it's been different as I rewatched the game. Um, I know for the players, it had to be way different for the coaches as well. How do you think that preparation from practice in the horseshoe helped the players for the first matchup against the Cornhuskers? Yeah, I think it helped a lot because, I mean, you don't, you don't really hear anything from the field. I mean, there's some music, but they didn't pump in sound effects or anything so it was it's pretty much you know being in a scrimmage but what I do know about Ohio State and Coach Meyer implemented this Coach Day definitely as well they practice so hard during the week that a Saturday should shouldn't be as difficult as you know your work week and they have bloody Tuesdays which is you know that's the hardest day of the week so they practice so hard to get ready for Saturday but the, the toughest thing that I you know we expected this but it was the tackling. They didn't have pads on for, they only had three weeks in pads. And so like with the offensive line, you know, you saw that at first getting adjusted and they will, but being in the stadium without music, without fan, without sound noise and without fans help them get into the mindset because they're going to have to be internally motivated. They don't have the fan base. And especially when they go to happy Valley, you know, that is a huge advantage for the Buckeyes because that's not an easy environment to be in. No. You remove the wideout, you move, remove the fans. Penn State didn't get a favor in that at all. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. No, that's that's a matchup every year that I'm looking forward to. Not just because it's two of the best teams in the Big Ten, sometimes two of the top ten teams in the country. But literally the environment and one of the best things about college football is those environments. The SEC gets their talk all the time and how Auburn or Alabama or Georgia about who has the best environment, whatever it is. But the Big Ten has theirs as well. And as a Buck, as a Buckeye fan and now hosting the podcast, I was always looking forward to this season, that matchup, no matter what week it was. I was looking forward to that matchup to say, oh, wow, Ohio State goes to Penn State, will be in Happy Valley, the wide out 100,000 strong. You get you you a hostile environment, potentially a an, alter, an alternate jersey. I mean, all the things that go into these games, and if you get the alternate jersey, great, but it's not going to be the same type of environment, same type of crowd. And I think Penn State coming off of their loss, that could be something that would help them this weekend with right. the crowd backing them. Um, speaking of that matchup, let's hop right into that really quickly. 
Ohio State, Penn State. Penn State's going to be fired up automatically. I went, I saw James Franklin was on Twitter, Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State. I'm like, what are you typing this out for? It makes no sense. You hashtag we are at the end, but I'm still kind of confused as to what your motive is as far as typing this out. But Penn State comes off a big loss. Ohio State comes off a win. You mentioned some of the O-line adjustments. Uh, you mentioned the missed tackles. But on Penn State side, they're coming into this ready and ready to fight and ready to say, we got to forget that loss last week in Bloomington. We got to come home and play big. What We're thinking about the test that Ohio State will have. What kind of pops into your mind? What may be the talk that you've heard so far from people around the, around the team saying this, this is going to be this type of test this weekend? Well, when it came to the Indiana-Penn State game, I think it was more on Penn State having – they had self-inflicted wounds. I mean, Indiana was able to optimize on that. So, I mean, if they brush up on those mistakes, I mean, I can't imagine them repeating those, especially against Ohio State. They're going to play harder than they have ever played because they're it's do or die for Penn State. If they lose Saturday, their season's shot. And so to be, you know, in the top 10 to, to drop down to, okay, what are we even playing for? They're going to give it their all. And so they have to touch up on those mistakes and they, they'll do that. I, I, I fully expect that. I think Ohio State, you know, the defensive line needs to, to brush up there and not, we, no, we can't have missed tackles either. And the run game was a question mark that we had, but coach said that he thinks that it, you know, it'll come in time. Wyatt Davis also spoke on that after the game that, you know, we just, we just got to get into our rhythm, but this is game two. And we didn't have those preseason Mac games or anything. We kind of had that in the first quarter against Nebraska where they needed <laughs> to make some adjustments, Yeah, but but we can't get out of the gate slow, not, not here. And I think the spread is 12 right now. You can't, you can't, you can't just assume you're going to, you're going to get this. This one is not going to be easy. This will be a test. Run game, missed tackles, D line. You've what you said them. I talked about them on Monday's episode of locked one Buckeyes. My friends have messaged me asking about those very things and I've asked them, what do you think about the game? Well, they say, Oh, the defense is playing bad or they're talking about the O-line issues which one do you think is the biggest one for Ohio State to focus on this week to fix, to have the biggest chance to have the to, to the best chance to win a game? Hmm. It depends on how you look at it, because I think on offense, you could work on that, but we, we don't want to be running Justin Fields that much. Right. So maybe you do focus on that, protect the quarterback, especially at week two. But on defense, we lost, you know, top talent. We lost three first, first rounders in, in the NFL draft on defense. So I think that could be a focus, but getting the reps in, and especially we have we have veterans on the O-line. Defense is, is more spread out. We're so used to everyone covering on Chase Young. Well, you, we, can't, we can't focus on that. Everybody has to, to stand their position. So that would be where I would focus. But if you're thinking of longevity, maybe, you know, offensive line and run game because we want to protect Justin. We can't, I mean, he looks like the best running back on the team, but he's our quarterback. We can't, we can't damage him up. We're going to need him down the road. So I would say focus, maybe focus on the O-line, but you can't, you can't let him score on us either. That's a tough one. But I think longevity, focus on the O-line. But I, I would want to get the experience on defense just, just because we lost so much talent and we're still trying to, to build the experience there. When I was watching, and I've watched this drive numerous times, maybe at least, at least two, maybe three times now, thinking about the opening drive, it reminded me about Trevor Lawrence's long run against Clemson in the in the bowl game where it seemed like nobody wanted to I I nobody wanted to, to tackle him at all it's like he's right there he's not yes he's faster than you think but it, you can tackle him I saw Luke McCaffrey run up the sidelines and I'm like 
what are you guys doing? Are you scared of his last yeah. name? Just tackle him. And so that is one of my fear, not almost say like fears, one of my hesitations with this team, with all the new faces, as with all the new, even the linebackers, same faces, just different positions. And you're right. worrying about Sean Wade, starter, a starter, but different position. And you're very, I'm, I'm curious personally, as far as the missed tackles goes, because you could fix the O-line, maybe even the defensive line stuff, the, the guys on the outside. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't get those missed tackles, you could see Stephanie where oh, Penn State, or an Indiana who's going to be coming in strong, who is going mm-hmm. to believe way more than normal, or that team up north at the end of the season, you're going to be having to find yourself hopefully not behind, but closer in games than normal because missing tackles early could lead to a closer game, uh, a deficit at some point during the game. You have to start climbing back to win the game because you've missed so, so many tackles in the first, second, and third quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, I find it interesting – I feel like I'm talking about Jordan Fuller more this year than I was last year. And unfortunately, (laughs) I feel like he didn't get the love that he probably should have gotten. But man, did we relied on him and he just didn't get the credit, I think, because he's just so reliable. And he just he was able to, you know, make plays back there and he was all alone. So I think I think the changes we have there, losing the talent in Jordan Fuller, we had him for three years. I think it's going to be hard to make up for that. And, you know, he had just such a high football IQ. He was able to read plays and. And, and, you know, help with that. So that's going to be, I think that will be a, a tough one, especially when there's big plays that, you know, we could let happen back there. So I think, I, I do think the secondary should be a focus, but Kerry Combs, you know, he's done this before. I think that we'll, we'll get into a rhythm, just making the adjustments, but, but yeah, losing the experience back there hurt, but we, we got Sean Wade and we're working on the experience and that end. But yeah, that, that was a concern as well. Absolutely. Do you have any lasting comments about either the Buckeyes game this past uh, Saturday, the game coming up against Penn State, any, anything throughout the season or anything you want to leave listeners with before we wrap this thing up? I would just say continue to expect the unexpected because, you know, we, we can speculate and speculate and the depth chart will change. Um, you know, even with whether it's not the pandemic or not, they're preparing for it. So if you think a guy's going to go in first, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not. So, because they they really do need to get the younger guys the experience, and um, that would be something I would look out for. So it's exciting. I mean, we saw some big plays from, uh, especially at wideout. I mean, that those were fun to see. So, I would I would look out for the unexpected. I would I always keep saying that you're not going to always predict what's going to happen uh, with who goes in, especially. So that's something that's exciting, uh, but also intriguing to to see who's going to get those those starts. Absolutely. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on Locked On Buckeyes. If you could take some time to let people know where they can connect with you via social media and then also watch some of the videos, listen to the podcast you host and things like that. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much everywhere now. Uh, My my social media is at Steph Ode, S-T-P-H-O-T-E-Y. Instagram, Twitter, I am building my YouTube up. So any one-on-one interviews I've had from last season to any practice reports, press conferences I'm doing now. And uh, I do have a podcast as well. That's where I, I branch out of just Ohio State. I interviewed uh, Coach Meyer. Uh, you know, that's Ohio State. But also, I, I'm talking to the guy who hosted Murder Made Me Famous next week. Okay, so, okay. yeah, it's a – well, he did write the book on Tiger Woods, so we get into Tiger as well. But that's where I, I branch out and cover an a range of sports from NFL agents to, you know, doctors evaluating the pandemic. Uh, a little bit of everything to keep the sports fan engaged during this time. <laughs> nice, nice. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. This is uh, the host, Jay Stevens, as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Um, come back tomorrow. Another great day getting ready for Penn State. We have Kevin McGuire, host of Locked on Native Lines, to come on and get us ready, prepare us for the 
big game this coming Saturday, primetime action at 7.30 p.m. on Halloween. It's crazy to think that Halloween's already here. Uh, Thanksgiving's right there on the corner, Christmas as well. Uh, but guys, <laughs> come, back tomorrow, come back tomorrow, Wednesday. Excited to, to wrap this up with Stephanie and to continue uh, preparing us for the big matchup on Saturday.